0: Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of the message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Uh, wow, it's so good to see you guys. Um, uh, what we're going to do today is uh, going to continue on a conversation we started a couple weeks ago called Signs of Life. And, uh, if you weren't here, I'll kind of catch you up on that in here in a second. But, um, you know, more or less the big idea is about being able to, to partner with God on the growth process in our own lives. You see, God desires, He, He created us, He intends, He intended for us. To live this night, not just, live this life, not just existing through the life, but living and thriving through the life. He is committed to our growth. His desire as people growing up in Him is that we learn to, to grow up, to flourish, and for our lives to bear fruit, which means to, to bring the news of His goodness to the other people in our lives. Is that something that you guys want here this morning? Is that good with you here today? And so um, so we're going to continue on that series, and we're probably going to uh, uh, do it on and off throughout July. Um, this is kind of the second part of that, and then we're going to take a break for a couple more weeks here and resume that in July. So we'll kind of be uh, going in and out of it. You can kind of piecemeal it together on the podcasts or whatever. Uh, next week, Walt's going to be speaking, and it's going to be awesome, and you want to make sure that you're here. You don't miss that. So if you have any camping trips, anything fun planned, just cancel it all right now. Um, you're gonna be here this next week. I'm just joking, but seriously, cancel all your trips for next week, and uh, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. So, uh, any World Cup fans here? Any World Cup fans? <laughs> all right, <laughs> did a little better than first service. That's, That's definitely telling right there. Um, yeah, World Cup fans. World Cup is going on. One of my, my one of my friends uh, tweeted out something this last week. I thought you'd like this. He said, you know, when you start hearing that phrase. It's over time, and there's only been two points made. Um, you know that you're either in the middle of the, the World Cup, or you're sitting through the one of the most boring sermons you'll ever hear, right? And so, let's hope, uh, let's hope that's not the case today. <laughs> um, all right, anyways. So, talking about growth, and, and, and really what this is for us, is when we when we can kind of tune in here and, you know, look in the Scripture, look at... Um, God's intention and desire for us, we see very clearly, again, that he is growing us up. And it's not just something he's doing to us, but it's something we can partner with him in. And so when we, we read these passages about the life of the vine and abiding in Him and Him abiding in us and growing and bearing fruit, there's, it's, it's possible for us to pay attention to that growth process. And as we can find the signs of what a healthy, growing, maturing, fruit-bearing thing is, a living organism, we can actually cooperate with Him, partner with Him in that and uh, to produce what He's wanting to produce in our lives. And so Psalm 1 says it like this, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. All that he does prospers. And so, there's this idea in here that as we grow up in Christ, it is possible to grow to a place where with all the seasons and circumstances we walk through, all the stuff and the, the hardships sometimes that we walk through, um, difficulties, all those things, it is possible to live in such a way connected to the Lord that our lives are bearing fruit, that when we, when we walk through the hot sun uh, you know, of the desert, that our leaves don't wither, that we can bear fruit in every season, that when the winds and the storms came, come, we stand strong because that's what He's designed us to do. That's what we're made for, yeah? And it's kind of like this. I mean, you can take an acorn, you can take a seed from any living thing, and it can lie dormant for months, even years. Uh, and, and it has all the potential for what it will become inside of it. But it's until it's kind of nestled in and nurtured in and placed in the environment that was created to bring the life out of it. It's just going to sit there. But the moment you do that, the moment you surround it with good soil, the the moment you start to water it, the moment sunlight starts to, to hit that seed, there's something inside of it that knows, all right, I know this environment and there's something inside of me that's coming out. That seed begins to crack and a growth process starts to happen. And um, I, I think this is really important that, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about all of this, the growth process, starting with being in the right environment. It's not just about working harder for our lives to look better and to be better people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about living in environments that pull the best out of us. And I wrote this down a couple weeks ago. Uh, spiritual fruit is not the result of working harder. It's the outcome of being rooted in Christ, watered with the Spirit, and illuminated by the truth of the Father. Environment trumps effort when it comes to growth. You guys hear that this morning? And, uh, you know, for those of us, the reason I think this is important for us is not only learning how to partner with God and understand the indicators of life, the signs of life, but for us, with our name tag here on the church being Vine Life, it's important for us to be intentional. About abiding in and growing up in, it, ultimately bearing the fruit of his presence. And so, so. When the environment is right, the seed is planted in, and then something is triggered. That seed cracks, and then something begins to happen. And that's what I want to kind of start journeying in today. The actual stages of a growth process. And as we look at a grapevine and, and the way that grows, we look at an oak tree. You know, in Isaiah 61, it talks about the people of God being oaks of righteousness. There's a lot of imagery that's the same here. And I think that as we look at these things we see things about ourselves and the process that the Lord takes us to grow us up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. And so um, the first part of that, though, we know that when a seed, the first thing happens to a seed as it begins to grow, the first thing that happens is it doesn't start growing up, it starts to grow down. And you see that very quickly that when we, we, when we start getting excited about growth, we can't get too excited too quick because instead of just shooting straight up out of the dirt, the first step of that seed and the process and what it knows to do is instead of shooting up, it starts pressing through the dirt. Now, I want to read a couple of scriptures here just to kind of ground this a little bit more. Colossians 2, 6-7. Uh, uh, Paul is writing this to the church, to one of the churches, and he says this. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And then he writes again to the Ephesians in, in uh, chapter 3 in Ephesians. And this is part of like one of the most epic chapters in all of the scripture, I think. And halfway through he says, he's praying so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, They have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So when we start talking about life and life springing up, it all kind of happens the same, whether it's a blade of grass or whether it's a tall oak tree. God's desire in the growth process, first and foremost, is to get us rooted and grounded and established. And if we don't settle that, then we won't understand a lot about the growth process. And, and so when we start talking about roots and root systems and the purpose of roots, there's a few things I kind of want to hit at here today. I think this is, this is good, all right? Now, one of the first purpose of roots, what do roots do? Roots nourish us, okay? Now, this is basically third grade science class. So don't prepare to have your minds blown in the next couple minutes here, all right? But there's some good stuff in here. Like, I'm hoping you're not on the edge of your seat right now asking what roots are. Um, let me just tell you what roots are, okay? They nourish us. Roots, the purpose of roots is to find the moisture. Roots know where the water is, okay? And that's why, for those of you who own a home, that's why a few years ago or whatever for some of you, You had a water pipe or a sewer pipe in your front yard that just got obliterated by some huge tree that decided it wanted to aim straight for the bullseye of that pipe, right? It wasn't just because it was in the path. It's because the tree knows something about what's in that pipe. The tree's doing what it's designed to do. It's sending roots to go find water. And it says, there is water in that pipe, and I will make my way through that pipe, right? And it costs us tens of thousands of dollars along the way. Um, But I think one thing that we have to kind of settle in, and this is really cool and I think really um, important about the beginning of this growth process when we start talking about roots is this. And again, don't write this down because this is going to be very underwhelming at first. Roots push through dirt to find water. Okay, (laughs) say it again. (laughs) Okay, roots push through dirt to find water. Now, why is that important to us? We know that that's what happens when you just planted your garden a little bit ago, when you plant a tree. You know that's really important process in the beginning of this, except when we start talking about growing up in God, when we forget that first we have to grow down, we misinterpret what God's doing in our life. And one of his first invitations for us in our life is to not move away from difficult circumstances and move away from the dirt and the mud and the mess. His first invitation is to say, hey, you want to start growing up in me? I have something for you. But first, what you need to do is start pushing through the dirt until you find the water here. Because there's water to be found. And all you have to do is just start pushing through the dirt. And some of you... Probably, I'm guessing what I know of you, you know, we come into church and we all look good and say we're doing fine and, and a lot of us are just lying because that's just the easiest way to make conversation on a Sunday morning, right? Without telling people how we really feel. So for to be honest with ourselves and, 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 and honest in these conversations, I'm guessing a lot of you coming into this room today, if you were to describe your life, you would say it feels a lot like digging right now. They're like, wow, there's some places in my life, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like I'm just pushing through dirt, and that's where I'm at right now. And some of you, if, you're not, if you don't kind of understand that this is all a part of the growth plan and the growth process, you'll be tricked into thinking, if I can just get myself out of these things, then I can start growing again. Right? Then one of these days I can start bearing fruit. One of these days I can start doing that. And Jesus, from the get-go, is saying, no, 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 no. Don't miss this. You're, you're missing the point here. This isn't about removing yourself from hardship and trouble. It's about pressing into it to find the living water in the middle of the hardship. Push through the dirt. Because when you push through the dirt, not only do you find water, but that breakthrough and that pressing in is not for a loss. It creates a root system that sustains. You push through whatever root is created, how far you had to dig to get there, that is yours to keep. It's about digging in to find the nourishment, because that's what we were made to do. And which means what? Um, it, it's no secret, it, when you, you get a new tree and you're watering it, when you have a garden, one of the worst things you can do is, is flood it with water on the surface all the time. Um, and, and never do a deep root watering. What works best for any living thing is for a deep, deep watering. What does that mean? That means if, if and I said this a couple weeks ago, if, if, the, if the thrust, if the majority of your nourishment and watering is coming from 52 sermons a year, um, I, I'm just saying, that's not, that's not the soil for deep roots. That's for shallow roots. That's for roots that will be tossed and turned and ultimately be taken out by the wind and by the heat. God's desire for all of us is that this gathering here is great, but it leads us into a deeper place where we're pressing into the Word, we're pressing into worship, we're spending time with Him, we're learning how to abide in the vine, right? He wants to water some deep roots so that when we need to push through the dirt, He's there to be found. Somebody say amen. Come on. (laughs) All right. So roots nourish us. The second thing roots do is they establish us. Um, it has to do with support and stability and maturity. And so when Paul starts talking about roots and being rooted in Christ, a lot of times he's kind of coupling this with, with uh, another idea when he starts talking about, hey, listen, you've got to stop being like these newborn babies, these I- infants just being tossed back and forth by every wind and wave of doctrine. And he's writing them saying, listen, every time you hear a new teaching, you're just just being tossed around, and it's like this tumbleweed going on. He's like, listen, don't do that. Know where you're rooted. Know where you're established. And this is, I think, so important for us, because he wrote this 2,000 years ago, but how much more relevant is this for us today, 2014, you will never find more resources, more DVDs, more different types of Bibles and workbooks and Bible studies and TV shows and now movies and just the whole thing, conferences. We are so over-resourced when it comes to teachings and facets and what about this and a little bit about that and another angle on grace here, another angle on this, that sometimes, didn't you ever feel, some of us are like that, Where are like, man, I don't even know what to believe and we just start kind of wandering around back and forth and Paul, I think what Paul is saying here to us is, listen, don't do that. Be, know where you're rooted. Know where you're established so that when these winds and waves come, you're not being tossed back and forth, but you're able to withstand that. You're able to stand in the middle of it and know exactly where your roots are. And so here's where that takes us. When it talks about being rooted, when we read in Psalm 1, David was writing about um, tree being planted in water, and, and that all tied back to meditating on the Word of God, delighting in the Word of God. And we know that being rooted in the Word of God, in the, in, in the Bible, and the Scripture, is, is so important. But it doesn't just end there. The thing is, the Word of God has to lead us into an encounter with Jesus. Do you know that it's not enough to be rooted in just the principles and ideas and our understanding of what certain Scriptures mean? They have to take us beyond that to root us into the person of Jesus Christ. I'll try to say that a couple different ways here. Um, It's really easy for us, as we're, we're Bible people, we are. I love the Word of God. I love the Scripture. I love these things. But when I read this and I try to consume this by itself without letting me read it to Jesus, then I'm just being rooted and trying to be right and trying to come up with a framework that I can trust in. One of the things I love about what Andre said last week was that He said, when he starts talking about security and what makes us secure, security isn't in being right. Security is found in being loved. And you can prove that very easily. How many of you, since you became a Christian, have ever changed your mind on anything? Right? How many of you have been proven wrong? Something was rearranged in your life, right? That means that all of us at a certain point, if we're trusting in us getting it right all the time, we're screwed, right? We're done for. It's over. But that's not where our security is found in our security is found in the person of jesus so yeah we're making our way through the scripture and yes we're learning to fall more in love with jesus through the scripture but the thing is this is exactly what jesus rebuked the pharisees for he said hey you know this you've consumed this in and out you've rooted yourself in the text but you don't see the word standing right in front of you jesus is the word and so we let the holy scripture lead us into the living god who is jesus it's like going to a restaurant and looking at the menu and trying to decide what to eat, but then just end up eating the menu. And never actually letting it lead you to what it's pointing to. Jesus is establishing us, and that's why, you know, you know, uh, over the course of time, I, I, we just need a... Um, have a culture here where, you know, we invite a lot of different guests on different ends of the spectrum from all over the world, all over the country, different messages, different things, and we're learning to embrace the grace inside of them, and the gifting and the message inside of them, and honor what God has done inside of them. Does that mean we agree with 100% of everything everybody says? No, right? I don't even agree with 100% of what I say, you know? I listen to like a sermon from two, you know, I look at sermon notes from two years ago, and I'm thinking what was I even thinking? You know, like I read that, I'm like, wow, I've changed. I've matured. Or maybe God's changed my mind on some things along the way. But what, is, what we're learning to do in that is we're learning, God, with everything we hear, take us deeper into you so that we're not tossed back and forth over and over. We're not doing that anymore. We're staying grounded and rooted in the person of Jesus. Come on, is anybody with me on that? So that takes us into a third thing here. Roots establish us, or no, uh, roots inform us. So, um, roots nourish us, roots establish us. The third thing I just want to talk about here is roots inform us. Okay, and again, um, third grade science class, here we go. Because they are out of sight, roots are often out of mind, according to information from Colorado State University Extension. They are widely overlooked as to their significance in plant health. 80% of all plant disorders... Includes soil and root problems, okay? So when we take a look at what makes something living, like a plant or a tree or those types of things, and we start evaluating if it looks good or not, um, most of the time, even with creation, even with what we see here, 80% of the time, the issues have to do with roots. Roots inform what the plant becomes. Roots, roots inform what the grapevine becomes. Roots inform what the oak tree becomes. That's what happens. That's how it's designed, and the reason I think we have to take a look at that, we have to know that health comes from the roots. It's because this, when we look at our lives, and I'm guessing a lot of us have places in our lives where there's some fruit that you wouldn't consider good, right? You find yourself like getting angry at your kids like repetitively over and over again, or you find something happening, or uh, you know, the... the There's there's just things bubbling up in your life, and you're not sure why. Now, you can keep trying to say, you know what? I'm just going to work harder. I'm going to keep trying to change that. I'm going to try to reverse that. I'm going to take this bad bad fruit and spray paint it a certain way and put some makeup on it and try to make it into some good fruit. But that's not what we see happening here. That's not how this works. Everything is informed by the quality of the roots. You can't just change the fruit without addressing the roots. Okay? Okay. And it's a lot like this. It's a lot like when you're mowing your lawn this week and you saw that big weed in the middle. And you're like, I probably should just pull it out, but I'm just going to mow over it, right? Because then it just disappears and I don't have to deal with it till next week, right? And you're laughing because you do that. (laughs) You're just going, "That's all right. You know, you just run over it, right? A responsible homeowner, you know this. You know, I'll wait a few weeks before I take care of that. But you know it's not going anywhere. That thing is going to get bigger next week, right? You can mow over a weed. It doesn't take care of it. And in the same way, there's a lot of things in our lives, man. If we, if we don't let God lead us back into the root system of where we're planted and what is informing us in our growth, we're just going to keep wandering around in the same cycle. Now, Hebrews talks about this a little bit, another kind of root. Hebrews 12.15. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. And so this root of bitterness has to do with a, a poison entering into a root system and poisoning the growth. And so it goes out. And a lot of places, you know, specifically in this context, bitterness can do that to us. Roots of bitterness in our lives, not just poison ourselves, but it starts defiling and poisoning everybody around us. That's how powerful that is. And that's how much it needs to be addressed. And that's what, when Bob was talking about this many waters thing this next week, this intensive, this Friday and Saturday, the whole thing is about addressing the root system. The whole thing is looking back on, there's places in our lives where we've been hurt, we've been wounded, we've, been, we've had judgments, we've made promises, we've made vows, we have bitterness. There's things in our lives that are affect our lives and how we're living right now. And our invitation, listen, our invitation isn't to just try to modify our behavior and call that the Christian life. That's not the invitation. The invitation is to take the healing power of Jesus into the root system to change things, to uproot things, to cut things off and essentially grow us deeper in him. And that's so important that we get that. It's so important we learn to ask that question. You know, God, this thing keeps surfacing in my life. What is the root here? What is the fuel here? And God, how do you want me to find you again in that place? How do you want to extend your power to this? Now, if we had the power to change ourselves, we would have done that a long time ago. You wouldn't be here this morning. All right? Like Barnes and Noble would have been enough for you. Seriously, if, we, if, we, if, if the self-help section was all we needed, we would just be good. But that's not why we're here. You can't address issues in your life without looking at roots. At the same time, on the flip side of that, we can't create good fruit just by willpower without looking at roots. Now, I'll explain it this way. A few months ago, our friends invited us to a church service to where they're uh going to church now we came in and you know you start when you experience a new group of people you're always just kind of paying attention all right what's what's happening here what's going on here and you start listening to the language and uh, the wording and how things are expressed and and you know i started reading this stuff on the flyers you know and it's a really beautiful language hey you know this is we're a people of radical acceptance we're a people of radical compassion and all these things i'm like i love radical acceptance i love radical compassion and then, you know, you start looking around on the walls and there's banners. A like, banner says justice. Another one says peace. Another one says compassion and love. And just, like, I love all of those things, right? Um, you know, a, a little bit later, I, I realized um, that it was actually a Unitarian church because we, we got very quickly into the service and realized that Jesus wasn't the main focus I was kind of in a little bit of an internal battle because here we are talking about all this wonderful fruit, all these things. And I think we're at a place where the people really did identify this is what this should look like on the outside. Good spiritual life should result in these types of things, compassion and generosity and love and peace and all those things. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. But Jesus was kind of a side note in the whole thing. He was... Just another wise man that we're just trying to do what he said. And if we can just take what he said and go do it ourselves, then, you know, we'll be good to go. So I'm just going to listen to some teaching and then try to do what Jesus says. And in my own strength, go could try to produce this fruit. And I realized that is not what I've signed up for. The reality of the fact is we're not just trying to do what Jesus is. We're connected to him so that he is actually the source of all the fruit that comes out of us. You cannot produce fruit without coming down to the source. And it is entirely possible to have a community and have a people and have a church that is completely celebrating the fruit and the goodness and all the things happening without ever paying attention that the one who makes this all possible is the man, Jesus Christ. He is the source. He's the root system. You can take that all the way, but please give me him. Because all of those things come from him in the end. This is important that we get this. And I know that seems really simple. You're like, yeah, I love Jesus. That's why I'm here at church today. But listen, it's really easy in all of the parts of our lives to, to find that our pursuit is actually the look and the appearance and the actions of the outward life but without a place of abiding that brings us into that and it's entirely possible, especially like what's happening in the church. One thing I love about the church across the nation and across the world right now is it's waking up to the reality that we need to be good news in the world. What we have in here can't stay in here. It has to make a difference in cities and regions and nations. It has to. It cannot stay in a room. We can't just talk about what we're doing. And so what we see is all these causes and a whole bunch of mission efforts and a whole bunch of wonderful things sprouting up, taking care of widows and orphans and clean water and food and all these things go. Around the country, we see all these things happening. But I'm telling you what: if the center of those activities isn't Jesus, it's not going to be good fruit. The world doesn't need our version of good fruit. The world needs the supernatural fruit that only stems from Jesus. If I tried to love you with my best love, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna fall short. What you need, what we need, what the world needs, is something to happen and for a center, a root of the man, the person, Jesus, to spring up through us to produce what the world really needs. So that means that our community, what is the center of our community? It's not people. It's Jesus. Our worship, what is the center of our worship? Is it good music? Is it worship? No. It's Jesus. Okay? What is the center of all of our missions and our outreach and the reason we do all the things that we do? What is it? It's a Jesus, all right? Now, what does that mean? And that's what we need to talk about. What does that mean for Jesus to be the center? The thing is, he has to be the focal point, the center point. He is the path, he's the way to the Father. If we, again, if we could have got to the Father on our own, we would have done that. Jesus came to us to bring to us the path of the Father, to send to us the power of the Spirit. And Jesus promised to us, and here's listen, you need to stay in this place. Stay in me. Remain in me. So, what does that look like? Roots, roots nourish us, roots establish us, roots inform us. When we start talking John 15, and Jesus keeps saying to his disciples, listen, just stay in me, just abide in me, just stay right here, just 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 stay connected, stay one, stay in this union with me. He talks about what that means a little bit. He talks about how abiding means loving each other. He talks about how abiding means doing my commandments, and my commandment is to love each other. He talks about what it looks like in remaining. But I I think that there's other things going on here too, because when we start talking about remaining, we have to start... Looking at the places that remove us. And there's mindsets that we get in, I think, from time to time, that convince us that we're not in, but we're out, that we're distanced and we're separated. And so there's these attitudes and these mindsets, I think, that we give into, and one of them is disappointment. Another one is discouragement, distraction, being disheartened. There's things that we give into, and they actually pull us apart. And that's why all of those words begin with a dis. That whole word dis, the whole prefix dis means to be removed from. Okay? And so when we're removed from him, that means we're not remaining him. So when we give into discouragement and disheartenment, that means we're being removed from courage. We're being removed from our heart. We're being removed from these things. The word disappointment means to be removed from an appointed position. Now... We use that word to kind of verbalize regret that we have in our lives, the feeling of being rejected. The actual word disappointment is a Middle English word, and it came from a time where somebody would be removed from a political position, and they were removed from an appointed position, right? So they were disappointed, which means what for us? Some of us here, we struggle with the feeling of disappointment from time to time. But you have to understand what Jesus is saying in here is that I am in you and you are in me. So don't give into this dis removal stuff. Stop being dis. Stop that. Just remain and be a part of. You don't. Maybe maybe the vine is you and I appointed position in Him. I have appointed you to abide in the vine. So when we're disappointed, we're being removed from our appointed position. You are in Him. Don't be disappointed. You are in Jesus here today. Don't be discouraged. Don't be removed from courage. You are in him. Do not give in to that thinking when we give into this disremoval language and thoughts. We're allowing ourselves to be cut off from the source of all life. And he's saying, change the way you think. You are not distant. You are a part. You are so integrated into me and I in you that if you just remain in that place, don't buy into the distance separation language. I have covered that. I've come to make all things new. This is the life that you were meant to live. (laughs) Yeah, you can thank Jesus for that. Feel free. Thank you, God. And so I think that is the invitation for us today. God is saying to us, He's reminding us, listen, I am growing you up in my first step here in case you're not aware and maybe you're still in the step. And I think in a lot of ways we're always in this step. There's places of our life that God says, listen, in this place, I need you to pay attention to the signs of life in this place. Because what I'm doing is I'm calling you to push through the dirt, to find the moisture, to be established, to be nourished, to be strengthened to be informed by what is happening there. I'm calling you to remain in that place, to not move from that place because whatever's happening there is for your good. Now, roots aren't anything people typically want to talk about. We don't get excited about roots, right? Nobody is going to the botan- botanical gardens with their sweet camera like taking pictures of roots. Like, "Yeah, can you clear away the soil? I need another photo of that root." I mean, nobody cares on the surface level. And that's the problem. They're hidden. They're secretive. You don't actually know where they're going, and I think that's why a lot of Christians fail to develop strong roots, because at the end of the day, there's nothing visible that we can boast in. Yeah, I said that to you. Because it requires a secretness and a hiddenness. It's not really popular. I would rather just spring up out of the ground and have something to share with everybody. No, that's not how this works. The way this works as an invitation into hiddenness and into deep soil and pushing through things that nobody will ever know anything about. You can't even explain it to them. It doesn't mean anything to anybody else but you and Jesus. But it's the most hidden part, but it's the most important part. And he invites us in. He said, hey, you want to grow with me? We're going to grow down together for a little bit. We're going to crack the seed open and develop something before anybody sees anything. And, they, and by the time you come up out of the ground, they won't know there's all this history already. There's all these secret times and this, these hidden places. They won't know that. That's going to be between you and I. And we're going to develop a root system together that matures you from being tossed around in the wind and waves, that survives the heat of the day and the storms that come. That's what he's doing. You're... Invitation is to partner with Him in that. You can resist that, and that just gets even more painful. Or we can partner with Him and say, God, let the roots go deep. Let the hiddenness go deep. I want some deep root watering here. I want, to, be, I want to, bear, to bear fruit in the right time, in the right season, but according to your plan and your process here. It's good to be rooted in Jesus. So I want to pray for you here today. There's some of us, I just, a couple things specifically I want to pray for before we end our service. God, I I want to bless those who came into the room this morning. And they would describe parts or maybe all of their life as just feeling like they're digging. And they're pushing. And I know, God, in some way, you are remembering and you're reminding us of your promise that you will never leave us and you never forsake us. And in fact, you've, there is living water to be found in all of these things. And God, we are designed to press into you, press further and deeper into you. God, that's how we're designed. But God, I do pray for strength through that heart. I pray for the strength in our hearts, Lord God, and the courage to push into the dirt, not away from it. And I thank you for what that produces in us. That maybe nobody else will ever understand and nobody else will ever know, but you know, because you're there. You're in the soil. So I pray right now, Lord God, you know exactly how to minister to that heart. I pray blessing, strength, courage, God, to push through. But secondly, God, I pray for those who, God, those of us, and I think all of us to a degree, wrestle with this removal language, God, being dissed on every side. God, those of us who are trying to figure out what to do with feeling disappointed, feeling disheartened, distracted, disenfranchised, distraught, God, all these things, I thank you, God, that you're giving us a new lens and what you want us to see, God, is that your yoke is easy and your burden is light, that we have not been removed from our appointed position in you, but we are hidden in you, connected in your strength, God. So God, teach us to think differently about that, to choose better thoughts, but ultimately, God, to draw our strength and our nourishment our source from you, Lord Jesus, so we can bear the fruit you want us to bear for the good of the world, God. I thank you to do that, Jesus. We thank you to give us strength to get to the root core problems, Lord Jesus. The things that we're struggling with, God, we've tried in our own strength to fix in our own lives these cycles, these addictions even. And God, God, as much as we'd, be able, we'd like to be able to fix those things ourselves, God, I thank you that you've put us into a family. God, you've put us, you've rooted us into you, Lord God, so we don't have to draw strength from ourselves. We don't have to pretend we have it all together. We don't have to pretend we're the source of all power, that we're the source of all strength, we're the source of every good thing, because we're not, you are, and you've given yourself to us. And that way, God, we celebrate who you are, the source of every good and perfect gift. thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to mow over weeds, that we can get to them and take care of them in your strength, God. And God, collectively, I thank you for this process and I thank you that the process doesn't end at roots, but it surely begins with roots, God. And I thank you that you have in mind your vision is for flourishing radiant trees glistening in the sunlight a vineyard that's fertile bearing grapes and good for everyone and good for the world, Lord God. And you know exactly how to get us from the roots straight to the fruit, Jesus. So I thank you for confidence in that process, God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are. We bless you today, God. And it's in your name we pray.